0: times we've heard uh people cuss by that name we've heard uh, all kinds of different things and i think that uh we've it's lost its meaning just like the word christian has but i want to show you this morning that jesus is like no other can you say amen Amen. jesus is like no other let's show this and then we'll get into the word
1: He's enduringly strong, he's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key. He's a well frame of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. The teacher is rain, is righteous, and the yoke is easy. It burns his I wish I could describe him For you. he's indescribable He's incomprehensible He's invincible He's irresistible Well, you can't get him out of your mind You see, you can't get him off of your head You can't outlive him And you can't live without him Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him But they found out they couldn't stop him Pilate couldn't find any form in him. couldn't kill him. Death couldn't him. And the brave hold him.
0: Hey! That's my That's my Come on, stand to your feet one more time and worship him. Father, we love you. Come on, give him the greatest praise and the greatest ovation and the greatest shout and the greatest clap. Oh, there are no words to describe you, Father, this morning. We love you. We glorify your name, Jesus. There's something about that name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We will not let the rocks cry out for us this morning. Oh, you are the Alpha and the Omega, God. The beginning and the end. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at somebody next to you and say, he's going to touch you this morning. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Genesis. And I want you to think, church, that soon and very soon, soon and very soon, some of y'all will know that old song, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are going to see the king. There'll be no more crying there. Amen. There'll be no more pain there. There'll be no more suffering there. We are going to see the king. How many are ready to see the king this morning? Amen. I'm telling you about, I don't know about you, but I'm ready. And I know that soon and very soon we're going to be able to have that introduction in heaven. And we're going to see that great king come out for the first time. We're going to see him face to face. We're not going to be singing about him anymore. We're going to be singing to him. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Some of y'all got excited, Nick. If I can't hear that you're excited, it's because my ear's plugged up, so I just have to believe that you are. Amen. I can't tell how loud you're being or not. All I hear is my voice. Genesis chapter 1. I want to, to, I'm not going to give you a title yet this morning, but I want you just to follow along as, as the Lord leads my spirit this morning. I'm, I'm going to be preaching tonight uh, for this week on prayer and fasting, and we're going to have a week of prayer and fasting this week to see some breakthrough. And I'll get into that tonight, but you don't want to miss tonight's service to to talk about that. But look at Genesis chapter 1. How many know, how many have a watch in here this morning? Let me see your watch. Amen. You got a watch on. When you look at that watch, we talked about it this morning. It's what told you to get here. It gave you a time frame to be here. It told us what time church would start. Uh, We do everything in our life that we do is off of a time clock and off of time. Can you say amen? Everything, work and job and eating and everything has a time frame. I want you to know this morning that God has a time frame. And God, although he does not uh, do time for him, he doesn't need it. Time is for us. He knew the only way that we could really be watching for him and living for him and knowing how things were going to happen is if he made a time frame and he made ways that we could understand t- times and seasons. So look at Genesis chapter 1 and look at verse 14 and it says, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years. Amen? So let there be signs and seasons, and let them be for days and years. So we can understand this morning that the sun rises and it starts a day. The moon comes out and it starts night. And we you don't have to be too educated to understand that. Everybody understands that. But I think sometimes we take for granted or don't think about the fact that as God is doing that, he is, he, is, he is walking out his time clock. And we have understood that there's 24 hours in a day, and we've understood there's seven days in a week, and there's 365 days in a year, and we've been counting. And you, today, if you're here and you have a birthday, which we all do, or you're a certain age, you know that age by how many times that sun has rose and that, sun, and that moon has come up in the night, and that is how you know your age this morning. And so God said in the beginning, way back in Genesis, he said, I'm going to build my kingdom, I'm going to build this earth, and then I'm going to let my people know what's going on in this world by these signs. Now, before I go any further, I want you to go ahead and go to the New Testament, and I want you to go to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4, and like I said, God helped me get this out right, because I don't have this necessarily written down like a normal message, but as we go to 1st Thessalonians, I want you to think about something. We we are uh, living in in a day in an age where we we're, we're, we're waking up, we're going to sleep, D- days are coming, days are going, and 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 every day that we wake up and and go to sleep, we're closer to meeting God. Amen. Now that that would have been the case for everybody who's ever lived, not just this generation, because we know people have died and people have lived full lives and they've have gone to heaven or they've gone to hell. Uh, and they, their life was over, but every day they woke up, they were closer to, to the day that they were going to die. And every day we know that we could we'd be living on our last day. Not just spiritually, but physically. How many understand that this morning? Tomorrow's not promised. We should live every day like it's our last. But as we're looking at the scriptures, God is saying, I've got a way for everybody to understand what I'm doing and how I work. And as we look at 1 Thessalonians, I want to read some scriptures to you. And I want to tell you that we're seeing right now, at this day and hour, a time clock coming to pass that is, has never ever been so visible. Amen? Never ever been so visible. Some of you got this week the text where I sent out the thing about the four blood moons. I talked about it last Sunday. And I I, I I, was actually going to preach another message this morning, but I, I just be, keep being compelled to talk about this to make sure we all understand what is going on because this is unprecedented. Say that. You know what that means? It means it's never happened before. This is not something that's being repeated. This is not something that, oh, this is going to happen again. This is something that is happening and going to happen that has never happened before chronologically in God's timetable on his watch. How many have ever seen a picture, maybe, of the clock, and it's been on 11.59? You've seen maybe an end times, last days picture. And you see that clock, and it's at, sometimes it maybe was 11.55 or whatever, but that's showing that that the time is there. And I can tell you this morning, church, as a believer, as somebody who, just like you has who, who is saved and studying the scriptures I've been saved for 20 years. When I first got saved, I, I really had a burden and a, a, a desire to, to study out end times and to really see what that meant. I heard people talking about it. I thank God I was saved in a church that talked about the rapture, that talked about end times, that talked about Bible prophecy. And obviously, it's, it's a fact that 20 years ago, uh, nothing happened. Amen. But obviously, a lot has happened in 20 years. And I can remember studying the Revelations, and most people are afraid to read the book of Revelations. Matter of fact, some, some people will tell you, hey, if you're a new Christian, don't read Revelations, because you'll get all freaked out. But, you know, and there's some truth to that, but the thing is, is if you don't tell someone to read that, then they're not going to be ready. Not going to be watching. You can't take part of the Bible. You've got to have the whole council, But you do need somebody to help you explain it. So it makes more sense. And I can tell you that after 20 years of studying the Bible church, I can tell you that this time clock that we live in is at 1159. That's all I can say. And, and, And we can sit back as a church and we can just say, oh, I've heard this before. Or we can really look at a few things and say, wow, Jesus is coming very soon. And, and, I, and I, want you to, I want you to get in your spirits and your minds this morning a, a thought. I want you to, and, and if I don't go back to this before the service ends, please shout it out and remind me. I won't care, okay? But I want you to think about something. If I told you this morning, maybe I did it individually to every one of you, if I did it all to you at once. But let's just say, to make it more personal, I did it individual. Let's say I called you, and I put yourself in this position to everybody, but I don't want to make it general. I called you, and I said, hey, I'm planning a trip. And I'm going, to, I'm going to go on a trip to the most amazing place you've ever, ever dreamed of. I'm not going to tell you what country it is. It's an amazing country. It's an amazing place. But you have to have a passport to go. You can't go without with me unless you have a passport. So I need you to go get your passport, okay? And, and then once, once you go get your passport, I want you to know that I'm, I'm not going to tell you exactly when we're going to go. But I'm going to call you one day, and, 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 and when I'm going to say we're going to go right now. And when I call you at that moment, you have to be ready to go on the trip, which would mean you'd have to have your passport. You'd have to have your wallet on you. You'd have to have a change of clothes. You'd have to have a suitcase. You'd have to have some things for that trip. How many see what I'm saying? So I'm going to come back to that in a minute, but I want you to think about that. I, am invite, I have invited you to, I'm, and I'm going to pay for the whole trip. Amen? I'm going to pay for the whole thing. How many are in? We'd be pretty foolish to not be in, amen? And so it's going to be an awesome trip. I'm going to come back to it in a minute, but I want you to think about that. You've got to have your passport. got to have your stuff ready every single day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. <clears throat> say amen if you're there. Let's read a few verses, okay? Look at your Bibles. And uh, I, I'm going to get into this in a second and show you where we're at. It says in verse 13, but I, and maybe you've heard me. Let me say this real quick. Maybe you've heard me read these verses before. Don't go. Here we go again. If that is your attitude this morning, that's not good. <laughs> Amen. This is important. It says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who fall asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe, how many believe this morning? Amen. That Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who will sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Now, stop just for a second before we continue. I'm going to parallel a few things in the Bible. And as a matter of fact, if you've got your marker, mark it there real quick. Okay, Just put that little, whatever you call this, in your Bible. Hold that verse of 15, help me remember that, and then go over to the book of Matthew. Okay, And while you're getting to the book of Matthew, I want to remind you of something. When we're talking about a clock, how many know that as a clock goes around, it it always goes around the same way? And of course, I'm talking about a good clock, a good watch, one that works correctly. It's always going to go around the same way. It's always going to go around the same position, same distance, and nothing's going to change as it goes around. The only things that will be changing are the hours. But how it moves is the same. We have to understand that a lot of times when we begin to listen to some of these messages about the end times and prophecy and and the tribulation and the return of Christ and all these things that listen let me just say this to you real quick too try not to lose my my train of thought cuz so much is up in here besides the runny stuff that's coming out in this Kleenex amen I, there's a lot in my head this morning and I'm trying to get it all out and you got to understand, if you watch the news, if you watch TV, if you watch movies, the world understands something is going on. Let's not be ignorant, amen? They they don't know what it is, but they're talking about it on the news, and they're reporting about it, and they don't understand it, but it's nonstop. If you go to YouTube, if you go to CNN, if you go to any of these things, you're going to see an astronomical amount of things being written about the end times. The world itself is saying it's going to end. How many know when the world is saying something, we might need to wake up a little bit? The church. They don't know what it is, but they feel the birth pains because they live in the same world we live in, but yet they go on like nothing's happening because they don't understand what's going on. And so the time clock is going to continue to be happening, and we're going to go to Matthew in a second, but he said, those who are alive and remain will come in the Lord will be by no means precede those who are asleep. We see things repeat themselves. I'm going to show you that in a second, from the old testament to the new. Remember that they don't they work together. And we see things that have happened before that will happen again. Now, when we talk about this scripture where the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first, okay? How many know that he's not doing something that's never happened before? But we don't remember things sometimes or things don't come to mind and we don't put two and two together. And I guess that's my call and my job to help you see. Back when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins... How many remember that when he said, it is finished, something happened? Amen? Something happened. Besides the fact that the the veil was rent down the middle that gave us access now, where not only the priest could go into the Holy of Holies, but you and I could go into the Holy of Holies. Every believer could go into the Holy of Holies. Besides that that happened, when he said, it is finished, church, a great earthquake took place. And when that great earthquake took place, if you've read your Bible, many people, the number was not said, rose from the dead. Rose from the dead. Yes, you heard me. Believe it or not. Not Ripley's believe it or not. (laughs) Believe it or not. When he died, an earthquake happened and people rose from the dead. Just like that happened, that's what's going to happen when the rapture happens. Amen. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those that are left and remain and are alive, which is us, will be caught up. Now go back go over to the book of Matthew real quick, and we're gonna go back to First Thessalonians a second. Matthew chapter 2. Say amen when you're there. I'm gonna lead into in just a second, talking a little bit about more, a little bit more about these blood moons. But I started off in Genesis and said that God gave us times and seasons and that we would see signs in the heavens and that would help us know what's going on. So here's another thing that happened in Jesus' life that we don't think about today because let me throw this out for you real quick. We think of the stars and the word that comes to our mind too many times because of the secular world we live in is astrology. Don't mix astrology with or confuse astrology with astronomy. Astronomy is of God. Astronomy is the study of the stars, the study of the universe, the study of all the planets, and, and God gave us that for a reason. It's not just up there for its beauty. It's there for a reason. And so he's he's always used the stars. Many of you might remember a couple years ago at Christmas, I showed a video around Christmas time where it, it talked about that scientific part of when the star was above Bethlehem and the wise men followed that star to Jesus. Some of you might remember that. So look here in Matthew chapter 2, it says as after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in those days Herod the king Behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem and said, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? Watch this. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Amen. Are you looking at your Bibles? Please don't stare at me this morning. Look at your Bibles. I want you to see this in the word of God. They looked and saw that something miraculous was going to happen, church. Pay attention to this. Something miraculous was going to happen. Was everybody in the world there at that birth? Could everybody have been at that birth? Yes. I mean, could they? Would they could they have if, if they wanted to is what I mean. Sorry, maybe you didn't understand that. Anybody that saw that star could have followed it is what I'm trying to say. Everybody saw the star. It wasn't a star that just the wise men saw. Follow that. The reason that the wise men were at that birth is because God spoke to them and said, Look up. Somebody get this this morning. Look up and watch and be paying attention, and those wise men are, are, are following that star, and they begin to follow it all the way to Bethlehem, and that's how they find Jesus. And so way back in the time of the birth of Jesus, God used a star to direct us to Jesus. Okay? That's not the worship of that star. They did not go and get to the the feet of Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, high five, and then go over and worship the star. It wasn't about worshiping the star. It was about God using the star to get the people to Jesus to worship him. So astrology would be the worship of the stars. Astronomy would be the study of the stars to understand God. So something's happening right now with these four blood moons, church. Now, so how many see the parallel between that and what I'm going to talk about with, with, with stars just as you see the parallel between that and Genesis 1 when he said the stars and the heavens and the signs will be for you there to watch and to see signs and seasons days and nights so go back real quick again to 1 Thessalonians and he says for the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and listen to the dead in who? in Christ Will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we always be with the Lord. But concerning the times and the seasons, look at verse 1 of chapter 5. You have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. God, help me get this out in the way that my spirit keeps wanting to go all over the place. I'm trying to make sure I don't lose you. Am I, we all right so far? How many love the Word of God this morning? Let me, let me break this down again, for I always like to talk elementary. It was funny, I had someone tell me this week, I thought it was funny that, uh, that some of their kids didn't understand my preaching that it was too. It was hard to understand. I thought, wow, that's funny. I, used, I usually have a lot of people tell me it's pretty easy to understand. But hey, can't win them all, right? So elementary church, for those of you who might not have ever been here before, haven't been here lately or whatever? Jesus is going to come back at any moment. And, and you can believe that or you can scoff at it. That's your choice. But my burden, church, my spirit, my call is to make sure that you're ready. And I've got to do that to the very best of my ability. And I can tell you that sometimes it would be easy. I was talking to my wife about this. It would be easy for me just to go and put it on cruise control. And just stop worrying about everybody else. And just enjoy the, these days and love my Lord. And hey, I'm ready when you come, Lord. But God, something doesn't let me do that. Something says you're a watchman. You're, you're supposed to be calling. You're supposed to be talking. You're supposed to be preaching. You're supposed to be warning. You're supposed to be letting people know. It'd be easy for us just to sit back and say, hey, let, let, them, let, them, let them scoff. But something inside me says don't, stop. Keep talking. Keep reminding. Because maybe it'll save somebody. Maybe somebody will be ready because of these messages. Maybe somebody that wasn't going to be ready will be ready. Maybe somebody that would have been too busy won't be too busy. And so these messages are coming. Here's the thing. There's a lot of doctrines out there. And so a big teaching church, a huge teaching, is that everybody knows Christ is going to come back again. That's not to be argued. He will come back again. But people get confused between the second coming of the Lord and the day of the Lord and the rapture. Right. Now, many people don't like that because they don't like the rapture because the word rapture is not in the Bible. Right. So we'll call it a calling away, a being caught up. However you want to say it, harpazo is the Greek word. Just because the actual word is not there does not mean it's not going to happen. But the calling away of the church is going to happen. And so people confuse, watch this, people confuse the rapture, the catching away of the church. Who's the church? Us. And the second coming of Christ when he comes back with the church to conquer and live on this earth for a thousand years. They, they get those messed up. And, and I had a guy, I've been sending stuff out like crazy. I got back on Facebook just for this reason. I said, I got to use this tool i got 800 people on my Facebook I can send this to. I'm not going to miss out. I'm sending it to all kinds of high school friends. I'm dropping it in their inbox, and they can do what they want with it. already had several people, for the glory of God, respond to me that they said the sinner's prayer, and they asked Jesus into their heart, and they thanked me for sending it to them. Thank God. But regardless of if they respond or not, I've sent it, and I've told people about it, and they can do what they want with it. But as I'm sending these things out, I had one guy respond to me and I already know he's theologically and, and doctrinally messed up because he said every eye shall see him. Every eye will see him. So he he's talking about the second coming, not the rapture. Nobody's going to see Jesus come in the rapture except the church. It's going to be a snatching away. It's going we're going to be caught up. We're going to disappear. We're going to be gone. And millions of people are going to be gone in one day, and then all of a sudden people are going to wonder, where'd they go? That's different from the second coming of Christ. And this is very clear in the scriptures. This is exactly what I'm reading right here. He he says this. This is different from Matthew 24 when he says that he came with all his armies and all his, his saints with him. That's different. And the thing is, is that when Jesus comes to get us, the Bible says this, watch this, this is very important, this is how you know the distinction. We just read, watch this, let me read it to you again. We're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and watch this. For the Lord, verse 16, himself, Jesus, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Watch this, then we who are alive and remain shall what? Say it with me, come on. Be caught up together with them in the where? Where? On the earth? In the clouds. And to meet the Lord in the what? In the air. Are you listening? That's the rapture. When Jesus comes back the second time, he's coming down to the earth. There's a distinction. Does anybody not get that? There's a difference. One is us going up, the other one's us coming down. Jesus Christ's feet will not touch the earth in the rapture. We are going up. Now for some of you here that are going, what in the world is this dude talking about? How is this is this are you guys at Star Trek convention or what? Listen, you can scoff it all you want. It's going to happen. And here's my elementary thought on that. For I've told people many times, have you ever flown in a plane? Okay, come on, let me see your hand. Have you flown in a plane? You've been in a plane. Okay, that plane is physical. And God gave us the means here to make a place that we could get into and fly. Okay? And we could go 36,000 feet in the air and be in the air up there somehow knowing that if we were in our physical bodies outside of that plane, we'd be dead. Are you following me? So if God gave us the wisdom to get in a plane and then go further than that, gave us the wisdom to get in a spaceship to go to the moon and not die, don't you think, don't you think that God has the power to get us up to heaven without a plane? It's not that hard. It's not that weird. And hey, you want to believe it or not, you stay here and face what comes. I am going when the trumpet sounds. I can't wait. I can't wait. Amen. And if you're here and you're saying, oh, God, there's so many things I want to do, let go of this world. Let go of this world. Stop for a few minutes and realize those things are great, but oh, greater is. Greater is to be with my lord and my savior jesus christ the one who died for me i can't wait to be in that room i can't wait i just i don't know how it's going to happen man maybe we're going to start hearing have you do you know him do you know him have you heard of him you maybe we're going to see that and we're just maybe it's going to take a few minutes and we're going to hear these voices and we're going to be crying and come on lord don't make us wait any longer take me up i want to be with jesus All I know is it's going to be the most glorious, amazing movie, ride thing you've ever been on in your life. Amen. And it's going to be forever. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And it's coming soon. He says, I want to come for those who love my coming. Okay, good. It's only 1110. Then we who are alive will remain be caught up in the Lord forever. Watch this. Back to verse, What verse was I in down there? Five what? Verse two. For you yourselves, watch this, know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. Okay, that, that, that's, where I, that's where I left off. So when Jesus died on the cross, just getting a tissue. When Jesus died on the cross, by the way, don't, if you have a head cold, don't sniff in. That's what gives you an earache. Seriously. Got to get it out. Hey, earaches are horrible. I'm trying to save you here. Saturday night, I was, no, that was last night. Friday night, almost 10 times I was on my way to the ER. I wanted to cut my head off. I've never had an earache like that. So don't sniff in. Get it out. Just saving you. So when Jesus died, earthquake happened, people rose from the dead. Here's a theory. Write this down real quick, by the way. Three things that are going to happen prophetically very soon. Maybe in the next six months. Whether we're here or not. Let me throw that out. Whether we're here or not. Because Jesus could come back today, or he could come back in six months. Couldn't come back in a year, but... Whether he comes back or not, these things are going to happen. One of them is, is there going to be very soon a, a earthquake like has never happened. Okay. Like never happened. We know that in 2010, the earthquake in Haiti killed 316,000 people in 2010. Remember in Matthew 24, Jesus said, when these signs begin to happen, they're birth pains. And so back in 2010, 316,000 people was the greatest earthquake that we know of that ever happened, killing people. Another thing is there's going to be an economic collapse. Be sure of that. No one said "Hey, man, there. Oh, my wallet. You know what the good thing about not having any money is? <laughs> uh, nothing to lose. I never thought about that before. You ain't got no money in the bank. Take it, Antichrist. Come and get it. You can have my five bucks. <laughs> Third thing is there's going to be a great war. A great war. Okay? So on those things, here, here's a theory. If Jesus repeats himself, church, and he does things over again, if when Jesus died and people rose from the dead during the earthquake, me and Dylan were just doing this for fun the other day. I was sharing with this with him, and he threw out a number of 130-something thousand people that died a day in the world, and I said there probably wasn't nearly that many back in the day because the population is a lot higher now. So we just put out a number of 100,000 dying a day. We went back to the time of Jesus Christ, and then we only did 1% of those being saved. Okay? I'm sure that's safe, I hope. (laughs) Amen. But 1% were saved, and so we came up with a number of about a billion people. Just to throw out a number. That when Jesus sounds that trumpet, church... One billion people are going to rise from the dead. Now, 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 get this real quick because it's not going to be visible to the earth. It's not like, you know, this whole stupid zombie thing that's being talked about. They're not going to come out like zombies and do thriller. Okay? We might be doing the dance, but it's going to be in heaven, not here out of graves. Can you say amen? In glorified bodies. For those that can't dance. (laughs) So in one day, in that moment, one billion, that's a small number, are going to shake. How many know that an earthquake could be caused by that? What What if the next earthquake that happens, that is going to be this great earthquake prophesied in the Bible, is coincided with the rapture of the church? Amen. And that earthquake is so great. That it begins to start other things and they don't even remember us. Because it's so crazy. You have to remember that part of the scripture says that there's going to be a great deception. There's many theories to that great deception, but we know that some things have to begin to happen for the Antichrist to begin to fool the world. Okay? How many are following me so far? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna listen, I'm I'm dead honest about this. I've been thinking about this, and I'm gonna throw this out there. My time. Is God's. And I'm telling you, I'm available for you. I if you if if I get enough interest, I will have another night that's not church. I will come up here and I will do a Bible study on this. I will sit down and I'll do a forum. I'll I'll let people ask questions. I'll do anything you want. I am available. I want y'all to know what the Bible says about this. Even if it's outside of a setting of a regular service, amen. I want us to be advised. There's so much in this that I can't get it all out in a message. And so you heard me say it. If I get enough interest, we'll do that. I'll make it. Make the time, and we'll do a, we'll do a forum, and we'll do a Bible study on this so that we can know what we're talking about. Let me, <coughs> let me go to, uh, okay, let's go and finish this right here in First Thessalonians 5. Tell me again where we left off. Okay, verse 3. Peace and safety. And sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day, what day? The day of Jesus' return should overtake you as a thief. You are sons of light and sons of the day. Why, sorry, we are not of the night nor of darkness. Now here's the key. Write this down. Let us therefore not sleep. Is that literal? We're supposed to stay up for till Jesus comes back? No. It's not what he's saying. It's spiritual. Because right now, church, I prophesy to you the church is asleep. The church is asleep. They're existing. And you know when I say church, it means the whole world church. Even ours. Wake up. We're sleeping. The church is asleep. We're too busy preaching all kinds of other things. And he's saying, don't do that as others do, but watch and be sober. Watch and be sober. Watch and be sober. That's another one of the reasons I had to get off of Facebook. Then I got back on to do this. Is I see things on there that make me want to throw up. And from people that used to come to this church. No one's going to know who he is, don't worry about it, it don't really matter. I saw a guy that used to come to this church, a friend of mine, I brought him in, putting some stupid thing on Facebook today. He was drunk, and he was rapping to some stupid song, cussing every other word. That's the the reason I can't get on Facebook. It rips my spirit out. And he's one of the ones I sent to the inbox. Then I got on that little stupid thing he did and put a comment, Look at your inbox. (laughs) Please, wake up. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, are drunk at night. But let those who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as a helmet, the God of salvation. Now watch this. You want a promise this morning? How many like promises? Good promises. Awesome promises. For God did not appoint us to wrath there are people who want to preach we're going to go through the tribulation and I tell them go ahead you want to stay here so bad and be that end time tribulation saint do you I don't do what you want to do I'm gone amen Why do I have to go through it? No, you don't understand. Oh, we're supposed to go through tribulation and wrath. Do you realize that we just happen to be lucky and blessed that we live in the United States? Because people are dying all over the world for their faith. Every day. We have a friend, several people here from Nigeria. Yeah, go to Nigeria and find out what it's like to be a Christian. There's plenty of persecution over there. So if you don't like the States and you think it's too easy, move to Nigeria. Move to Egypt. Go to Iraq. Go to Syria. And say, Jesus is Lord. You can go straight to heaven real quick. It'll get done fast. If you're tired of living in this, if you want some persecution, go find it. We happen to be blessed. We live in the United States. But all around the world, it's there. And people might say, well, why aren't we in that? Which will come. It's going to come. Why aren't we? Because, again, of how and why our country was founded. Do you get that? Do you understand why our country is what it is today? Not anymore, but was and has been under the protection of God because of our 200 and something years of loving God's people, Israel. You have to understand that. That's why God's grace has been upon this country. We have spent so many trillions probably of dollars on missions to the world We also have been the country, you must understand. Remember back in 1492, one of those tetrads happened. In 1492, when the Spaniards were kicked out of Spain, sorry, the Jews were kicked out of Spain, guess where they came? United States. We have protected the Jewish people and been an ally to the Jewish people for our whole inheritance. That is why we do not suffer the persecution that the rest of the world does. We are blessed to live in the greatest country in the world still. Even though it's lost and going to hell, we're still blessed because of our forefathers protecting Israel and those Jewish people. So speaking about that, let me close up this morning with this. I've been talking to you about the tetrads. That kind of led into that part. Just for those that don't know, I'm going to say this again quickly. Make it fast. A tetrad is four blood moons. A blood moon is when there's an eclipse of the sun and causes the moon to look red. That's what's described in the Bible in Genesis and Acts and Joel and then Revelation again. Okay, eclipse of the moon. Yeah, and the sun's reflection reflects hits it, sorry. And it turns red. And so that happens, what's called a tetrad is where one happens in, in the beginning of one year and happens again in fall. Then the next year consecutively happens again the, in the spring and happens in the fall, meaning four times in two years. That's pretty easy to understand, okay? That's called a tetrad. Now, many of those tetrads have happened over the last 2,000 years, many, but only seven times, say seven, guess what seven is? Jesus' perfect number, okay? Seventh day, God rested. Seven times since Jesus' birth and death and resurrection and ascension to heaven, a tetrad has happened on the exact dates of Jewish festivals, you following that? So when things happen on those Jewish festivals, you look back at history. History cannot lie. It'd be like saying, well, it was 3 o'clock this morning. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. You can't change 3 o'clock. It happened. It happened. And so looking back, we now have the technology to look back. I don't know how. You talk about amazing that those wise men found that star and knew how to follow it way back then. That's amazing. Today we have the technology that even you and me, who are not very smart, well, I'll put myself in there, not very smart, could not figure it out, but now it's on the computer and you can, do, you can see all this stuff for yourself. And you can look back and see those times that those tetrads happened on Jewish holidays. Now pay attention to this. Don't lose me if you've lost me already. Come back. If you just sleep, wake up. Amen. Seven times they've happened. All on Jewish holidays. Every time they've happened, something symbolic has happened to the nation of Israel. Okay? 1492 was one of them. It was the fifth time. 2,000 years. The sixth time, how many remember the parable of the fig tree with Jesus? When he talked about the fig tree, he was talking about Israel. Before 1948, Israel did not exist. It wasn't on the map. How many know that from history at least? You've you've been in school long enough to understand that. 1948, a tetrad happened. fell on Jewish holidays. That was the sixth time. On that time, when it fell, Israel became a nation. The seventh time that happened was the last time before now. Seventh time was when those tetrads fell again in 1967, which was the Six-Day War. Between the nations around Israel and Israel, and they defeated four countries in one war. God must be with them. Our modern day, visible of all the stories we read in the Bible, it sounded so crazy. Oh, you don't need 32,000 men, you just need 300, Gideon. They wiped those people out, they win that war, and now they get Jerusalem back. And so now, for all these years, there's been the fight over that territory. Israel and Jerusalem is our compass for the things of the world. Even though we're way over here. So here's where the rubber meets the road. The next time this Tetrad is going to happen is next year. 2014 and 2015. It will be the eighth time since Jesus' life on the earth. Eight means new beginnings in the Bible. Oh, got quiet in here. Now we're getting close to the clock. Here's, here's why this is so crazy, church. Here's why, this, why I'm so emphatic about this. Here's why my daughters have heard me preach their whole lives about the rapture. Here's why they could probably sense something's different than ever before. These tetrads that are going to fall, church, will not happen again for 500 years. 2,553. There's Jesus waking us up. Somebody who's still asleep at this hour, you got issues. Wake up. Come on, just smile, laugh, joke, something. Trying to lighten up the load a little bit. It's kind of crazy in here. Did y'all catch that? Now you tell me, if I'm crazy, is it possible that all these things that have to happen right now on the earth like the chip of the mark of the beast that's already out that looks like the size of a grain of rice. Go to the Google and find it yourself. It's there. It's already ready to be put into. As a matter of fact, some people have taken it. It's already there. Chip. 20, hold 28 barcodes with all your information. Done. There was actually a family somewhere in the United States said, we'll do it. Damn to hell. Mark of the beast. Does that, can that technology last another 500 years? You tell me. It's, it's, too, it's too there. It's, it, it, there's no way God would have to freeze everything that's happening right now and say, okay, I'm going to wait another 500 years. Because if you don't understand what I'm saying, if you haven't got this yet, we're on a watch. And God's watch is ticking. And this is telling us, and remember these words. Let's, let's do this real quick. How many of you give me just a couple more minutes? Go with me. Let me make sure I close that, okay? So, so I just gave you that promise. If you don't walk out of here with anything else, be excited. That we're not going to go through the tribulation. And you do not want to either. You know, one of my own personal prayers, church, my own personal prayers, personal, me, is God. And, I, and I'm so proud of my daughters. I'm so proud of my daughters. So, so proud. Of the amazing women that they are. My prayer is, God, make sure my daughters are really understanding this. Of course, and then after them comes you. But my first concern is my own family. Not because they're doing anything wrong. They're living for the Lord. I'm proud of them. But I don't want them to take lightly this what's going on. I want them to be ready. Can you imagine one of your family members staying behind and being in the tribulation? I'm telling you, you, you we, I can't even explain to you what that's going to be like. And you're not going to be able to tell me I did not warn you. Because I'm doing my job. And so he said, comfort each other. So he says, God not appoints wrath, but salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort one another with these words, just as you are doing. Now, just go quickly with me to Matthew 24. Real quick. You said you'd give me a couple more minutes. Food can wait. Matthew 24. Say amen when you're there. If you don't know the scriptures real well too, church, in Matthew 24, Jesus is not just talking to us or just to the Jews, he's talking to both. You have to know how to read the scriptures to understand when he's talking to the Gentiles and when he's talking to the Jews. That's why people get confused about the rapture and the second coming. That's why they get confused about the tribulation. Now, before I forget this, because I know I will, let me me throw this out there real quick to tell you a few crazy things that are fixing to come up even before the Tetrad. This year, now, how many, how many grew up in school with somebody who was Jewish, and you remember hearing the happy Hanukkah? Right. They had those 12 days and all that. I remember that. I, I didn't really understand. I didn't know what they believed. I didn't really understand who they were. Now that I've been saved for a long time and studied the scriptures, I realize they're my brothers and my sisters, and this hell, the holidays that they're celebrating aren't just cool holidays. They're pretty important right. yeah. to God, really important. And so Hanukkah church happens every year in December. And you got those 12 days that they celebrate it. Eight. Eight what? I remember people bringing 12 things to the thing. 12 days of Christmas. He knows what he's talking about. See, I don't know what I'm talking about. Eight days. Why 12 days of Christmas? What do they do on the other four days? (laughs) He was raised Jewish, so he knows what he's talking about. Well, I remember those days. Well, this year, for the first and last time ever, Hanukkah falls on Thanksgiving ever. Does that make your hair stand up? Why is that so significant? Because they're his people, we're his we're a chosen nation, and they're falling on the same day. It happened, listen. Back in 1891 or 3, which was two years before Abraham Lincoln established Thanksgiving, was the last time it happened. And guess when it'll happen again? 79,000 years. Anybody going to be here without the glorified body? 79,000 years? Also, on that same day, the 28th of of November Thanksgiving, the comet Ison is going to be passing by the sun And they're saying it's going to be as close to the earth as any comet has ever been. And they're saying it could be so bright that it's bigger than the the moon. Maybe many times bigger. Are these coincidences? I don't think so. I think that there's signs in the heavens. And God is allowing us to see these things ahead of time. And he's allowing us to say, get ready. Watch out. Be praying. Be looking. Be on the move. Get your heart right. I preached on Wednesday night about forgiveness. Make sure you don't have any unforgiveness in your heart. Make sure you're not being mean to somebody. Make sure you're treating people good. Make sure you're living the way you're supposed to be living like you've never lived before, church. That's what he said here. Earthquakes, famines, pestilences. I could go into all those things. Did you know that sinkholes are happening at an alarming rate? I just read the other day, listen to this, in Ecuador last year, a sinkhole. Now, let me ask you this real quick. Who knows what a sinkhole is? Okay. We really know them in Costa Rica. We used to have them happen a lot, right? I would be driving down the road, and I'd see a car's top of the back of the car in, in a hole. They would just, okay? It's where the earth just literally removes itself from underneath. Now, a five- or six-foot or ten-foot sinkhole is not that big of a deal. You know, they might not have been a good job with the, with the ground underneath the, uh, underneath the pavement, but there have been having some sinkholes around the world that have been astronomical sizes taking out whole streets. My brother-in-law called me from Costa Rica a couple months ago. Whole streets were gone. Gone. And I just saw, listen to this, in Ecuador. This just happened. You can Google this stuff. I'm not making it up. A sinkhole just happened 60 feet wide. Listen to this. And 30 stories deep. And people fell, just fell into it and died. That happened in the Old Testament. He opened up the earth, swallowed up people. We are seeing signs, church, that we've never ever seen before. We cannot sit back anymore and go, oh, well, this is just another coincidence. Every day that goes by gives us time to say, t- tell people Jesus is the answer. Preach Jesus, preach repentance. Don't preach theology, preach a a life change under God, amen? Go with this real quick, Matthew 24, verse 8. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. I just read that. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You'll be hated by my, my nations for my name's sake. That's not us, that's the Jewish people. And many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because, watch this, lawlessness will abound. Now, this is, this is us today. The love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations, and then the end will come. Another thing that's going to happen is we'll close, and the musicians can come forward. Is in that economic economic collapse that's going to happen, church? And I've been preaching that for a long, long time. But to be honest with you, I think when I preached it, sometimes you preach things and don't really know what you're saying if you're prophesying or if you're just giving a statement or if you're stating the word. I think for a long, I used to say a lot that uh, in the in the time of major economic collapse. That God would keep us, that they're tithers and they're faithful to Him, and He would, he would shield us. And I, and I still believe that, but I think that now, uh, I don't think we're going to be here for that. I don't. I don't think we're going to be here for that. In 2001, what happened? 9 11. K- killed our economy. Right? Knocked us down bad. Wall Street went down. We began to rebuild again and rebuild again as a nation. And right when we had rebuilded again, 2008 happened. How many remember 2008? That's when all the housing markets went down. That's when the Dow Jones had the greatest drop in the history of Wall Street, 777 points in one day. What year are we in right now? What's 2008 plus seven? 2015 there's going to be another economic collapse God works in cycles he's going to try the United States he's going to test the United States he's going to bring judgment upon the United States he has to because we have not repented of what we've allowed our country to become so the bottom line is this church of everything I've just told you and like I said Give me feedback on this forum or talking or questions or anything. I'm here for you. The bottom line is, I don't see how we can be here much longer. I don't see how. Because the one thing I didn't mention, and I thank the Holy Spirit for just reminding me of it, was Revelations 12. If you're taking notes, write this down real quick. Revelations 6 through 18 is the tribulation, okay, in in the Revelations. Revelations 6 through 18, 12 chapters. Revelations 12 is right in the middle of that. That's where the middle of the tribulation is. And in the middle of the tribulation, there's a, let's read that real quick. Go to Revelations 12. I, I almost left this very important thing out that was in my spirit this morning. man when you're there verse one now this is the middle of the tribulation don't now a great sign appeared in heaven a woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and on her head a garland of 12 stars then being with child she cried out in labor and pain to give birth And then another sign in heaven appeared, and behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head, drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her as child. As soon as it was born, she bore a male child, that's Jesus, which was to rule the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Part of that is is already prophetically happened, but the first verse is what I want you to see. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon on her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. What do we see way back in Genesis 1 when we read that first ch- verse? What do we see? How does God talk to us? Through the stars. What do we see in, in Matthew chapter 1 or chapter 2? How did the wise men find Jesus? Through the stars. How is he telling us he's going to talk to us? How is he telling us that we're going to see a time frame? Stars. That woman with, is Virgo. Now, someone goes, Oh, I'm a Virgo. No, that's astrology. Virgo is the name of a consolation. And on the time track, watch this, on the time track of time, of the watch, that will happen in 2017. Hope you got that. That will happen. That consolation will line up. Now, Those 12 stars around her head are not all there all the time. That will line up a certain way. And remember that when these people were writing the book of, when John was writing the book of Revelation, he was just telling what he saw. He was having a vision. It'd be like me and you seeing an accident and we're telling what we saw. It's just what we saw. When that lines up, please get this, everybody. Understand, I'm not date setting. But I'm telling you that that's math. Could we be a few weeks, months, years off on our calendar? Maybe. But I'm telling you, 2017, back 300, sorry, back. How m- wait, let me do this. Tribulations, how many years? Seven. Huh? Seven. seven. What's half of seven? Where did we, we just read that? Middle of the tribulation. That will happen in t- the middle of 2017, September to be exact. Come back three and a half years. We're there. Any day. That is a watch of God. We've got to be serious about this. And we have to say, God, I, I love Jesus and you more than I love my house or my job or my career or whatever it is that I feel like I need to accomplish before you come back. Because I want to end you with this thought because, listen, I always try my best, church. To put myself in your shoes. Because I'm human too. I have emotions too. I have daughters who want to get married. I was there. You have all these things that you hold on. Because this is the world. is the only thing we know. But I want you to understand church. I want you to think for one second. And this this comes back. And no one reminded me. But I'm reminding myself about the passport. This comes back to what we hold on to, that we like. I want you to think of the, maybe you don't have just one, but maybe you have several, but just one of those days, okay, that was just so awesome. Maybe it was on a beach, looking out over the ocean, on your honeymoon, or on a vacation. Maybe it was some fun day at an amusement park with your family. Maybe it was a beautiful sunset. Whatever it is that you just love, that you just, I mean, there's, there's stuff we all love to do. And, and that right there, Is going to be eternity. So why are we holding on to this temporary world so much? Why? Why are we thinking, oh, my gosh, it's, you know, I'm not going to have a chance to do this. I'm not going to have a chance to do that. God said, I has not seen nor ear has heard all the things that I have prepared for those who love me. Amen. That's an awesome promise. And I'm telling you, Luke 21, 36 is the spirit and the attitude we need to have right now. Watch, therefore, and pray. Watch, therefore, and pray. Be with a spirit of anticipation, listening for that trumpet. Yes, we have to go to work tomorrow. Yes, we have to go on doing whatever we're doing. We have to occupy till he comes. But I'm telling you, we're there. We're there. This morning, the Bible says that today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day you say, Jesus Christ, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to put my faith in you so that when that trumpet sounds, I'm gone. And you come for me. Because here's what's going to happen, church. Matthew 25 is the parable of the virgins. That to me, like never before, is a sign of the church. It's a picture of the church. It's a picture of five people watching and waiting, expecting and living for the Lord and not loving this world and and, and living right and living holy and living righteous. And then it's a picture of another five who believe, who believe Jesus died for them, but just like we read there in 1 Thessalonians, they get caught up in the world. And they're too busy doing the night things and they're drinking and they're living up and they're focused on other things and their love has grown wax cold and when that trumpet sounds, church, they'll be left behind. To be saved in the tribulation. Will people be saved? Read Revelation 12. Lots of people will be saved in the tribulation. Lots. But Don't, don't let it be you. Please, please, man, look around you and look at a couple, well, that section especially, or look at some of them empty seats. Guess what? The day after the rapture, it won't be Sunday. This place will be full. Someone will have a key, someone will get in, someone will make a way. Churches all around the world are gonna be full. What happened? I missed the rapture. Let's let's pray.